Hi everyone, Clifford Machingaifa here. This is the UNAJUA Learning Series, where we present crowdsourced minimum actionable responses to important questions in 15 minutes or less. You're listening to part one of a three-part UNAJUA series focused on demystifying the current much-hyped Web3 wave, and we'll be unpacking how the trend is unfolding within an African context. The series will be presented by the avid Kenyan Web3 proponent, Michael Kimani. But before we get stuck in, a big thank you to the Cello Community Fund for getting behind African Tech Roundup's upcoming season of blockchain-themed learning content. Over the next several months, you can look forward to more Unajua podcasts like this one, exclusive interviews with innovators from Africa's blockchain scene, insight-filled written think pieces and op-eds by entrenched specialists and talented journalists, and even live, interactive Twitter spaces where you can be part of the conversation. To make sure you don't miss a thing, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at African Roundup, or search for African Tech Roundup on Facebook and LinkedIn to find and follow our profiles on there. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about Cello's mission to build a financial system that creates the conditions for prosperity for everyone, visit www.celo.org. And to apply for the Cello Community Fund grant like the one making this podcast possible, head to www.cellocommunityfund.org. Now, Michael Kimani is a Kenyan blockchain enthusiast, data wrangler, and entrepreneur based in Nairobi. He's advised numerous Africa-focused blockchain projects and is currently co-founder at Airtime Digital Money Marketplace, PhoneBank where he spearheads growth for African markets. On this podcast, Michael tackles the question, what is Web3? Listen in to hear him unpack how the internet experience of everyday Africans has evolved since they started to adopt its use in earnest around the 2010s and suggest how the Web3 trend might impact the continent's digital transformation trajectory. So, in all honesty, Web3 is a buzzword, yeah, like most things on in the tech startup industry. But behind this buzzword, there are significant trends and shifts, investments of effort and money going into what is upgrading the internet from some of its deficiencies to a much more improved form. And the reason for that is the internet has been around for a long time, from as far back as the 60s. The internet has gone through several iterations. And over that time, some things have become apparent that are missing that are now important for the role the internet plays in our lives. So there's been some gaps that might have been assumed in the past years, but now they matter a lot. And we kind of have to upgrade the internet to reflect this new reality. Several examples include something like time and attention. Nowadays, we spend a lot more time on the internet, sometimes playing games, social media, uh, sometimes taking surveys. And it's become critical that organizations need to take our time more seriously. Like it needs to be valued, the time we spend online. So the web kind of needs to fix for that. How can we reward users for the time and attention that they take to spend online? Another example is the national interest that now exists in the internet economy. So some of the world's superpowers right now 
have a significant influence on the internet economy. And it's raised some concerns about what if they abuse that power. So we kind of have to rethink the internet, for example, from is it too centralized? Should we kind of be thinking about decentralizing control so that no one nation has more influence on the internet than the other? I think another example is something like digital properties. So in the real world, you can own a piece of land and have a title and some rights to a piece of property. Is it possible to have that online? Because we have creators right now who are emerging who create pieces of art and pieces of digital content that are natively digital. How can they lay claim to that over a long period of time and possibly monetize that? So part of the Web3 infrastructural upgrade is enabling things like digital properties through things like blockchain and specifically through use cases like NFTs. A last example I'd like to highlight is freedoms. There's a huge consciousness right now that the internet is also a space that exists where people interact and they should be able to exercise some certain freedoms and rights the same way they do in the real world. And for example, something like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, they emerge from that philosophy of we should be allowed to have a private money and this is a right we already have in the real world. But how can we achieve that online? We kind of need a new technology. So that explains the emergence of these projects and ventures and innovation around things like cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, you know? One last reason, I think, is things like like censorship of media and censorship of online forms of expressions. So we've run into instances where there are huge media organizations that can quash any voices that they disagree with because they control significant influence on the infrastructure that we use. Someone, someone like Amazon Web Services. Some people ask themselves, how can we have a decentralized infrastructure that can allow for the existence of communication platforms that don't necessarily agree with mainstream, but still respect the rules and values of, let's say, journalism, but can now have a place to publish and put out their content without the fear of of being censored. So Web3 is a, is a lot of things, a lot of different things, but it helps to just think about it as a as an upgrade to reflect our new web reality. There's a lot of changes that have happened since the initial internet design and the beginning of the internet in the 60s. Like firstly, it used to be a government project and now it's much bigger than that. It was taken out of a government project into and commercialized for, for all of us to access. I think something else that happened is the move away from uh, large devices like uh, laptops and desktop devices to mobile phones and mobile devices, which most of us carry with us every day. Something else is that the amount of time we spend on the internet, we have almost a real-time connection with each other on the internet. There's a lot more commerce going on on the internet right now. And one of, one of the shifts that's happening now is it's moving from beyond just buying physical goods and services into buying digital goods. Africa is now part of the internet economy since at least uh, maybe 2010 versus all the prior years between 1960 and 2010 when Africa was not part of the internet economy. So now you have uh, millions of Africans right now who are part of the internet economy and the first way they got into the internet economy is through a mobile device and not through a desktop PC. I think something else that has happened is 
we have a lot more data and information about us on the internet versus ever before in the history of the internet. You know, so the internet has been like a massive organism that's grown over time and now it needs to adapt to the new reality. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is having this mindset of technology coming from outside to somehow help Africa. And it's usually framed in the context of what can Web3 do for Africa as if uh, Web3 itself or even the internet is separate from, from Africa. Yet, if Web3 is an upgrade of the internet to incorporate some of the lessons we've learned in the few years, then Africa needs to be part of that. So Africa is a participant in the shaping of this new upgrade. And the reason I say this is because there's 1 billion people in Africa right now, and there's a large number of people who are on the internet right now in Africa through mobile phones. So these people are part of the internet economy, and their quirks, uh, they need to be factored into any design and any upgrade of this uh, internet economy. So I think there's lots of opportunities in this upgrade of Web3 for Africa to participate as a stakeholder that can shape and design the internet. I'll give an example of some things that were not designed with Africans in mind. In Africa right now, there's close to $2 billion that's transacted every day through airtime. Airtime is a ubiquitous standard for access to calls and SMSs in Africa. There's mobile money and PESA, which is one of the most ubiquitous mobile digital payment systems in Africa. Yet when you go on the internet, a lot of the payment options are not catered for Africans, you know. Yet there's over 400 million people in Africa who are using this popular payment system, this popular payment method, but it's not catered for online. So this is an example of not involving Africans in the design of the internet. When these systems are being designed, the people who are designing these systems, like the payment systems, their most commonly used payment method form is credit cards. And this is applies a lot to Europe and to the United States. So the internet was basically built from that mindset in mind. And one of the biggest transformation stories in Africa right now, which is fintech, is actually about fixing that problem, that gap between this is how you built the internet for people with credit cards. But in Africa, we have 400 million people using something that's not a credit card. It's called a prepaid SIM card on a system called mobile money. So how do we fix that? So there is commercial capital trying to fix that problem at a time when the web itself, under this Web3 buzzword, is being upgraded. And that's the opportunity for Africans to participate commercially, yeah, and in other forms in, in upgrading this, this internet, yeah. On the next installment of this Unajua series, Michael Kimani will offer a brief introduction to Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, or DAOs, and speak to the Web3 trend towards building internet businesses designed to share the commercial upside with users. That's all this week. But in the meantime, this is where you get involved. Click on the Unajua link in the show notes wherever you're listening, or click here on the microphone icon on the right hand of your screen if you're listening from the africantechroundup.com website to leave us a 60-second voice note reacting to this episode. Or you can tweet us using the hashtag Unajua series or leave us a DM at African Roundup. That said, we'd especially love it if you left us a voice note though so that we can scale your views on a future podcast.
All right, that's it for now. Till next time, take it easy, Africa. <laughs>